everyone, welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Sia, aka Kimchi. I have a lot of different names that people <laughs> refer to me as, and I am the host of the show. I bring on different guests every single week, and we cover all different facets of the sex industry, and with the main goal of destigmatizing sex work. So anything to do with um, any type of guests uh, relating to the sex industry. So whether you're a cam girl or maybe you're a sugar baby or maybe you are um, like a live streamer or maybe like you're a producer behind the scenes, I really try my best in covering it all as much as I can so we can really get the lived experiences of sex workers and for that to paint a really, really accurate depiction of what we are really like because our work is super legitimate and we just need more people to understand that. So enough of me rambling on. I'm really, really excited to have this week's guest on and we're going to be talking about like a plethora of things today. So I'm bringing on a male full service companion based in I think Toronto, Ontario, which is great. Right. Yes, got to support our fellow Canadians. I'm also based I'm in based in Vancouver <laughs> on the West Coast here. So you're probably wondering who this mysterious sexy voice is and <laughs> <laughs> We have the voice and the pleasure of welcoming on Mr. Malcolm Lovejoy onto the show. Malcolm, are you there? I am right here for you all day, every day. All day, every day. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Hello, Steph. Oh, yes, yes. I, I mean, uh, as we do this wonderful redefining society, I don't even know if the term nymphomaniac is appropriate in these days, but I feel like one. And yeah, I've got so much love and energy and passion to give. Hello. Happy to be here. Hello. Oh my gosh. Well, you are a love machine, Mr. Lovejoy. We are so excited to have yes. you onto the show today. So, so excited. I, I briefly started following you on Twitter not too long ago, and I was like, this person has some cool things to say, and we share some cool opinions as well. So um, I, 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 I get my guests from so many different areas, from the internet, from real life, from friends of friends, from past guests, from recommendations, all over. A lot of it is just curated. I, I really try to bring on people that I think can provide um, different perspectives and also can help really explain and articulate different parts of our industry. So I'm really excited to kind of dive in today with you. We're going to be talking about um, what it's like to be a black sex worker, specifically in full service capacity, as well as your history and your role um, with the music industry and also with journalism. We're going to be talking about that, how they intersect, and we're going to try to combat some, some stereotypes that black sex workers and black male sex workers would face and, and also going into your specific type of services that you offer and even going into, I think, uh, love coaching and relationship therapy, art, music. It's going to be great. Like, I am super jazzed to <laughs> have this conversation with you. It. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so excited that you have the capacity to hear and accept and have a platform and a space for all these things because not everybody is capable of being aware of 
all the things that sex workers can offer. And mm -hmm. I am a person that has a, a diversity of energy and a diversity of history and, and experiences. So I have a lot to give, and I'm so happy. I, I, I'll answer all these questions. Absolutely <laughs> all of them. Let's do it. This is great. Perfect. We're going we're gonna to try to get through it all today. I'm sure we can. I have definitely have much confidence that we're going to just get through everything today and just have a blast. I'm, I'm really, really excited uh, just because um, I had um, some feedback from one of my listeners uh, and they said that I needed more male representation on the show. So okay. I've been, yeah. Um, well, happy to be that. I very yes. much, I actually, um, I, I have a term, I have a few things, I, I walk a very interesting path being myself, I don't find too many other people, there's not many male porn stars or sex workers that uh, that I get to work with or get to learn from, I'm, I'm not completely self-taught, but a lot of it is just trial and error and going mm -hmm. for my heart and my instincts and, and just general respect for human beings. But I'm saying all that to say, um, a term I came up with myself is um, masculine feminist. And, oh. Um, yeah, I don't say it too much because, you know, the whole, the idea of feminism is, is complicated. And when I, and, but I'm just like, I do think of myself as a masculine feminist. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Out there. Yeah, for sure. Like, how would, how would you define that? Like, what, what does that mean to you? And if you want to explain that to the audience. Yeah, I mean, I'm very much a feminist in as much as I, I love and respect uh, the mind, body, and soul, and life desires of half of the planet, essentially, you know, 50% of the population are women, women identified, mm -hmm. femme, female, so I'm like, yo, that's half the planet, I'm not some... I'm not like men are dominant, men are smarter, <laughs> whatever. like a lot of men think that whether they want to admit it or not. And sure. we live in a world, we live in a world that supports that. I'm like, uh, peg the patriarchy all day, like uh, yes. Matadas is one of my friends. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I, like, I just, um, I, I just try to love and respect and, and work with women. It's like, it doesn't have to be sexual. It's like intellectual, economic, social. Mm -hmm. I, I have a, a variety of women friends and coworkers that I build with in sex work, in journalism and music. And I just see, I'm like, women do see the world in a different way. Like that's like, we all do. Like mm -hmm. there's lots of men I, I see different from, but like, For sure. there's a, there's like a like a certain like magical difference. Like a lot of my intimate, I'm like, yo, I just like you have different internal organs and different everything. Like yeah, you you, ex you experience life in another level than me. So for sure. So I'm just saying, I love and respect the differences, but um, I also try to like be who I am, and I'm mm -hmm. like a loving, loving, giving. Like I got this dick between my legs, and I've got <laughs> these hands, and I've got this. this, this I'm in this body, so like I, I give to the world, and I give to whoever I connect to. To be honest, it's For men, sure. women, tra trans, non-binary. So Absolutely. whoever I connect to, but yeah, yeah, yo, I'm excited to dig more into that later on in the episode. Um, we're gonna be talking about a bit about masculinity, what that means to you, and connection and love and all that stuff. So, but before we get started, we kind of need to start at the beginning. So I only know a little <laughs> bit of what I've. Um, researched online <laughs> about yourself so i know that you have a um, you've been in the music industry since 97 you've been in journalism since 2002 and the adult industry for the past seven or so years so maybe if you want to start chronologically with your role in the music industry or like at least 
maybe define who you are because I feel like I only know like a really like I just know the surface of who you are but if you want to go into that first and then go into your history that'd be great sure yeah I uh a lot of people know me as the hip-hop MC hip-hop like kind of renaissance man mm-hmm. energy ball like producer host writer Mindbender Supreme, and that's who I've been oh. in hip hop. That's that's who I still am. I, I still I haven't retired as Mindbender, but um, uh, it's not the center of my kind of social and personal identity as much. But anyways, I, I'll I'll start talking about my my hip hop life. Sure. I started I started at thirteen, and um, uh, I I'm saying I started at thirteen because that's the moment that I thought to myself, wow. A musician is the best job in the world because he gets to tour every night and go to a new city and play music to a new audience and have sex with the person that loves like the you know the sex drugs <laughs> and rock and roll goofy lifestyle. I'm like that's the best. A new woman every night. So like, <laughs> I, I I got into music because of the sex <laughs> and like uh, that's that's like my childhood. Uh, that's just a confession as, as a child. That's what I got into it. Love and, it. And, and, and then after that, after like my, my second and third revelations are like, oh yeah, you can like give like social conscious messages and you can put yeah. like wisdom in your music and you can be clever and witty and smart. But like my motivation was sex. So, <laughs> truth be told. Truth be told, truth be told, totally. But the thing is, I'm like a nerdy, geeky, I, I love cartoons and anime and I love literature and stuff so I wasn't that sexual of a musician my name was Mindbender Supreme and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I, I had like I had some sexy songs but they weren't like like raw it was very poetic and lyrical and oh, so wow. I never really I didn't have this like very sexy music career it was like pretty like pretty just independent underground hip-hop very like cerebral yeah and yeah, I had I had I had a good run. Um, yeah. 10, 15 years, put out music, it was good. And then I just so cool. didn't like all the meat. Sorry, sorry. Oh no, that's really cool. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a good life. I like I made a bunch of albums. I have a identical brother and we made some albums together too and I, I, I toured in New York. I, um, I toured in Canada. I performed in New York. I performed in LA. I did some various things. And then I got really frustrated with the way the media, hip-hop was growing, and mm. I got frustrated with the media and how they would talk about hip-hop. I'm like, right. these people don't understand musicians, so I'm gonna, I'm a musician and I can write, let me just do this. So I just dived into, I just reached out to Now Magazine and I was like, let me start writing for you. And wow. was like, okay. And cool. I, now, now it's like the weekly, kind of like the village voice of Toronto. And okay. So it was like, yeah, it's the weekly independent uh, arts magazine. So I started doing um, music reviews and just continued writing and writing and writing. And uh, 10 years later, I'd been a music journalist and I'd interviewed Nas and Kanye West and cool. half, of the Wu-Tang, half of the Wu-Tang Clan and uh, like Nas's baby mom. And, wow. And, like, all these, uh, yeah, like all these various things. So. So yeah, I, I was doing journalism too, and I uh, having fun with it. Cool. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. And like, uh, I was uh, doing some also, uh, social activism as well with my journalism, mm-hmm. and just writing about injustices and uh, sexual injustice, racial injustice, just problems in so- economic injustice. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, 
sexual injustice is really horrible. I, I, I found out that the like the police rate for actually jailing rapists and abusers is two percent. Like that like rapists oh, wow. never go to jail. It's, oh my God. Horrible. It's, it's horrible. Like rapists never go to jail, abusers never get arrested or go to jail barely. So I started yeah. writing about these things and I started studying it and and after a while I gone to slut walk and mm-hmm. everything to do with sex show and sex palooza and I'd gone to I supported all this sexual independent stuff and then I was like what why why am I not doing sex work yeah I, totally I, 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 I'm like writing about it I'm supporting it I'm going to marches I'm doing all this stuff so, and I'm like why am I not a like a, a porn activist why am I not doing sex work yeah. I'm doing this. <laughs> so like I was like in my early thirties and I was just like, I'm diving in. I'm gonna put my body where my mouth is. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just decided to cross the line and just be like, okay, so I I'm like, I'm gonna offer myself and I honestly in I, I honestly think it was the best single decision I've ever made in my life, ever. To just to become wow. a sex worker for me yes. in my in my journey. So so yeah, I've been doing it for about eight years now, and Amazing. I, I, it's just been mostly magnificent. Mostly magnificent. Oh wow, I can't wait to get into all that. I mean, your career history sounds so amazing and like so varied too. And I just love how it was like an evolution. I, I feel like you're just hopping from here to here, career to career. <laughs> and oh, you're absolutely right. You're yeah. absolutely right. And like the next evolution for me is like movie director. And we'll get oh, into that later. But like, yeah. yeah. Can't yeah, wait to I, talk about like it. the extension of the porn that I'm doing. So Very yes, cool. Know. Oh my gosh. Such a, I'm always really amazed um, how people got to where they are today. And I'm always really interested in hearing people's histories. And yours is just so varied and so interesting. And like, Wow. It feels like you yeah. lived like three lives. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I've had a pretty fun journey, and uh, I've got some more interesting things and places to go. But yeah, it's it's been pretty cool so far. Exciting! And like, why don't we get more into uh, your involvement with sex work and how you forayed into sex work specifically? So, if you want to go into details, feel free to. Okay. Okay. So there's um there's been a variety of moments that led me to sex work too. Um. I, I, I started when I was 33, but I had a friend who reminded me, hey, you made this rap song for my compilation when you were 21 years old, and the title of the rap song is, Fuck Rap, I Want to Be a Porn Star. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, literally, I, I, in my 20s, and so many of my rap songs in my career, I was make, I'd make subtle jokes about it, I'd make these... I'm like, oh, fuck rap, I'm, I'm quitting this, I'm going to go have sex for a living. And I made multiple, re- multiple references in my music constantly, and then I'm like, okay, all jokes aside, this is like a feasible avenue for you, you, like, you really want to do this. So, so like, yeah, there was, I mean, there was that, I, I had a bunch of songs in my career, that was one of the things, mm-hmm. and then um, I'm, I've been very polyamorous, and I was going to sex clubs, and, and um, I had a, a, a seven-year-old, a seven-year relationship that was open relationship, mm-hmm. we had a lot of, we did a lot of wild stuff, and um, at at one point, and then we broke up. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I'm still, I'm Polly. They weren't really Polly. And I'm like, I really want to be like 
of like kind of evolving sexually and exploring mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And I, I found one person that I was with and she, we had sex three or four times and she was like, yo, you are amazing at sex. I really, you're fantastic. And I really think my girlfriend should be getting fucked as good as like you're fucking me. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And she was very, very adamant. And she's like, okay, listen, we're going to have an arrangement. I hook it up. You, um, we get $100 per fuck. You take $70 for the sex. I take $30 for hooking up the person. And I was like, oh. this is this is cool. Like, <laughs> what's wrong with this? This is how, like, every, it's win-win-win to me. This is great. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, so, yeah, this was my actual experience. I, I, every word is true. And, like, <laughs> I, we had sex four times. And then I had sex with her one more time. And... Just because I thought that she was gonna keep her word, but she was like, "No, no, the sex is too good. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. I changed my mind. I, I don't want. I don't want to share it." And I was like, oh. I, And I was like, ah. I was like, I didn't want to stop having sex with you just because I have sex with other people. Yeah. I'm like, and, and I'm like, I, I don't do monogamy. I'm like, I'm poly by nature so anybody who wants to be exclusive with me i just can't be with totally yeah, so yeah. I, was, I, was, I was like oh unfortunately we had we almost did it we almost had the dream yeah <laughs> so so i separated from them and that was that was like right before i i, I started doing sex work officially and oh, okay. i what um i was going to conferences i was looking around i was reading and essentially it started, I kept going to a sex store on Queen Street here in Toronto. It's called, it was called uh, Come As You Are. Okay. Um, and I just kept looking on, they had a bulletin board there, and they just had like independent people in Toronto doing various sexy things. Mm-hmm. So I just kept looking. I literally went to that bulletin board for a year, and then I came in one day, and the cashier was like this woman, and he, like she knew me. She's like, "Yo, I know you. You're you're like always looking for something." I walked <laughs> in one day, and she's like, "I got a phone number for you. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, there's an opportunity." And I was like, "Oh my god, great!" She handed me a number and was like, "There's a guy looking for people who want to shoot porn in Toronto." Oh. And I, was like, I was like, "This is okay. It's official. I'm going to begin." So. <laughs> wow. Met, yeah. So I was like, great. I, I, I was like, I don't want to move to Cali. I don't want to move to Amsterdam. I feel like Toronto has enough, like, enough sexual energy and economy to yeah, stay here. Totally. Like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to do it full time. I've got a twenty year, a twenty year music career, ten year journalism career. Like, I can still do that part time and do porn part time. That mm-hmm. was my plan. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, somebody, after a year, somebody gave me a number and was like, you can do it. They want to shoot porn here in a sex club in Toronto. Great. So, it was a, a company called PVP Productions, and it was at a club called M4. And, yeah, I, I showed up. I, they actually, right before we shot our porn, I had to do a two-hour interview with them. Oh, and, it was really cool because we sat down and we talked for two hours over dinner and right before we ended, uh, they said very powerful words I'll never forget. I was like, this is great. Um, they said, yeah, yeah, we just wanted to talk to you for the whole uh, two hours just to make sure that you didn't hate women. Oh. And I was like. What? I'm like, my, 
yeah, my brain was like, I was like, what? Like, and I was like, oh shit, like how many dudes get into this industry because they have some deep-seated hatred for women and, and, and they can act it out in a porn scene. Wow, I never even thought about that at all. I never thought about that at all either. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're right. I'm like, yeah, you definitely got to filter out for some creeps because just because somebody's got a dick and yeah, you show up with two pieces of ID. Sure, they could do that and have a clean test. But yeah, like if they're going to not, if they're not going to respect boundaries, who gives a fuck? Yeah. I know. And that has never come across my mind. I, me too. That's why I bring it up when it when it's relevant because I was like, oh, oh shit, oh, you're shit. right. And yeah, like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm glad you did that. I'm like, yeah, check me out. Like, I'm like, I want to die with my hands never slapping a woman's face. I'm like, this is what I like. This is part of my core belief in life. Like, I'm super nonviolent to women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I, I was like, this is great, cool, uh, I'm good, I love women, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, this is my purpose in life, sexual pleasure, this is what I was born to do, like, this is, I feel no shame in it, like, yes. this is not all, this is not all I can do, I can say a few <laughs> words together, but, like, <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I shot my first scene the next day, and it was great, um, it was really wild though because it was kind of like being thrown into the deep end and mm-hmm. um I, there's no manuals i looked around a lot there's barely any manuals on the internet to get to tell anybody really like what it's like on a porn set yeah a lot of it's kind of superficial and a lot of it's kind of cheesy and and like exploitative or like they don't take it seriously like like right. like a day at work yeah 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 it's just just like oh you're gonna see nude bodies and what like so whatever like you see nude bodies at a hospital of you like what the fuck right (laughs) so 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 yeah it's like it's like being thrown in the deep end and like you you don't know if your dick is gonna work or if you're gonna Mm -hmm. you're like hey like you're gonna shoot with somebody on tuesday you've never seen them don't know if their breast stinks or not you don't know if you have chemistry with them or not you don't know if you'll like them or not like them or if it will be just like neutral yeah so it's like you're the the gambling begins (laughs) you you just you hope for magic chemistry which i did have like i had a good time with my first oh good uh, yeah the last thing i'll say is when you're in it like without having any training you you are forced there i don't think there's a human being that would be in a situation like that that doesn't extremely overthink the situation and you you think way too much instead of actually doing just the job that you're there to do and i remember i just want to say it felt like my brain was being chopped up with a ginsu knife what (laughs) like like my brain just it was like my brain had smoke so many thoughts in this in the short span of a time when I'm just about to like well, I'm like what, what's the camera doing there how close is it gonna be where, where's this like what what position do I start with what like wow. you just your brain is thinking all these things and it's like technically you're just supposed to achieve an erection and <laughs> do things <laughs> <laughs> simply put <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's like, yeah, when when you don't know, you super overthink and your fears and worries and like self 
Yeah, lots of pressures there. I mean, like the last time I had someone on that was in the porn industry that was male identifying was like 60 episodes ago. So it's been a while. So it's really nice to have this refresher and to like um, hear these sentiments because um, that that was the episode with Jesse Black, I think episode 35, if anyone wants to listen to it. But he also shared some similar sentiments there too and just like that kind of like anxious um nerve-wracking like all this immense pressure coming on as well so you're not the only one that's that's <laughs> had those feelings as well <laughs> yeah absolutely and thank you so much for sharing that and like i've i've heard some porn stars they say in the cal in the mainstream california american industry where most of the world's porn is made mm-hmm. um Somewhere around ninety-three to ninety-six percent of those guys are on pills, and yeah. By, and but yes. no, nobody ever wants to talk about it. Nobody no. ever wants to admit it. So, so that's another thing. People are looking at porn and having this pressure to like not only like perform like those people and whatever in the positions, but mm-hmm. for the sustained amount of time. And it's like. Yo, like, when you're watching Hollywood movies, Brad Pitt isn't doing those, they have stunt doubles, they have makeup, they have lighting, they have all this extra help, so like, it's the the same in porn, like, people are on pills, like, all those anal scenes that the women are doing, they've prepared their assholes for a half an hour, douches, and like, like, day before, (laughs) exactly, like, they've prepared, so... So yeah, I mean, you, without having the education, you just, you don't really know, and it took me about three years to, like, have pretty consistent hard-ons when wow. I wanted to have them without wow. taking any pills, because I mostly try not to, I'll do it once in a while, mm-hmm. but I, I, I try not to use any, uh, like, pills, and try to have it natural, yeah, but, right. but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't judge people who do it, whatever, we're here to work. Yeah. whatever you need interesting yeah like no one ever talks about that kind of stuff right so that's really really interesting that you brought it up i mean maybe that's something i have to bring into another episode at some point <laughs> yeah yeah I, I really, that's part of what I, I really want to be as transparent as possible i'm like i my path isn't the way that everybody's going to be because i i do like to throw in a lot of romance and pussy eating and mm-hmm. ideas like goddess worship and sacred sexuality and stuff like that and I know not everybody's into that. Some people mm-hmm. just are like, hey, I'm here to fucking suck and bust or whatever. And yeah. Like, I, I've got, I have, uh, there's times where I love that. And if that's all you want to do in your porn and sex work, that's great. I don't judge it. But, but yeah, so. Teach their own, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Whatever, whatever you're. Whatever, whatever floats, floats your boat. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's yeah. really interesting. So, like, that was your first foray into the sex industry was through porn. Are you still doing porn or are you just mainly doing escorting at the moment? Uh, I, I do more porn than escorting. Oh, uh, my bad. I, Sorry about that. Yeah, no, don't, no don't, don't apologize at all. It's not even, it's not of my desire. It's just the market shifts from time to time some months i do more escorting than porn some months i months i do more porn than escorting okay it just all depends there's no there's no statistics there's no real there's not much public conversation about like women and and trans like about my clientele like my market like Mm -hmm. non-male market there's not a lot of women that talk about hey like I, I, I see male providers. Yeah. And so, like, it's it's difficult for me to 
kind of navigate sometimes, but I'm out here doing the best I can. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I just put it out there and yeah, it, it, sometimes I do porn. Sometimes I get a bunch of calls for massages and, or fun. So it's, yeah, you never know. Yeah. Well, it's a mixed bag. I mean, it's a gig economy, right? So <laughs> yeah, it really, it really is. Uh, we'll definitely get more into like specific services that you offer later on. But before I close off this whole section uh, and like history and all that stuff and going into uh, sex work initially, uh, I know that you're just you just can't wait to speak about um, the role that music and film play in porn. So I'm going to let you take the stage here because I know that you mentioned it. And I was like, I'm going to let you speak about whatever you want because I think those things are really, really important in setting the tone and also just creating ambiance. But I'm, I'm curious to hear your perspective on it. Okay, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a hard left. <laughs> Thank you for this space. No. You're welcome. So one of the, yes, like one of my deep-seated beliefs in, in life is that Every movie is a porn movie. Okay. Every single movie is a... And even deeper than that, every great movie is a porn movie. But it may not be a nude porn movie. Mm-hmm. It's every movie that's great has a object of desire and a journey towards the disconnection and reconnection to that object of desire. Porn is the most raw version of of a movie where it's just like two people, very little dialogue matters, and we're just getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, in Hollywood they say cut to the chase. Yep. I love to say I, I love to say skip to the sex scene. <laughs> that's what I say. Like, but but that's what the core of of, of action of like uh, explosive cinema is. It's just mm-hmm. like it's just a journey towards what you love. It could be and and the love object could be anything. It could be a city. It could be uh, 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 like a, a pair of shoes. It could be journey home. Like whatever. Like physical objects, a dress, whatever. Like Cinderella, whatever. Like right. But anything. It's just like somebody loves something passionately and everybody is watching to be like do they connect to this person or not so so yeah and I mean there's and beyond that I I have these other little side thoughts that like in cinema there's also like like cum shots like every action movie when there's a big explosion that's a fucking cum shot yeah (laughs) it, it fulfills the same purpose I love action movies to death and I'm like, I love porn too. And I'm like, yo, it's like the same idea. Yeah, it's a climax. <laughs> like, this is a really, really <laughs> cool metaphor. It, it totally makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I live and die. And I'm like, I, I just love cinema itself. I, I love movies. Because I, it, after a while, my, my music making became very cinematic because I'm so uh, verbal and poetic and... I would sample movie clips in there and I would, I would ju- like, it's just drawing out it's like beginning, middle, end, the same way a move, uh, movie is. Like songs right. can be that way. And I just saw the parallels between two of them, the two art forms, so much in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just basically different versions of the same thing. One's mm-hmm. for your eyes, one's for your ears. Right. And yeah, um, so yeah, essentially, like, that's one of my core loves um, is, is cinema and the journey towards expressing 
like the, the, like the, the connection, reconnection to your passion. And wow. so many people's lives don't get there. Like so many, like people just die, like never, never finding their great love or mm. never matching a love that they had in their past. And so I, I, I've been trying to, I'm making porn and I've wanted, I've spent a lot of time in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. It's been wonderful. I, I enjoy it as a love maker. I'm going to make porn in my mind until the day I die. 60, Fine. 70, 80, I want to be still looking good. I'll be, like, <laughs> I'll be like the Helen Mirren or Samuel L. Jackson of porn or like the Patrick Stewart. I'll be older and dignified but still sexy as fuck. And be like, yo, like, like, like that J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling looks good. He's like, that, that, That's an old man, but he was in that Tomorrow War movie and he was diesel. Like, that man was... So anyway, like... <laughs> So yeah, I, I want to be in front of the camera, mm-hmm. um, but I also I've also realized the power of being behind the camera and and making the decisions of with the camera. I'm I'm not afraid to be a, a director myself. Yeah, and that's like, right. Yeah, I've, I've made a bunch of movies myself, but I've also realized like porn movies. But I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. well, like why don't I just expand this and make like a a 30 minute movie or a, or a, or a full length movie. So. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that in the beginning too, that like you were hoping to maybe eventually move over into directing at some point. So is that something that you're currently wanting to do immediately like this year or something that you're already dabbling into or something that like a, a goal that maybe in the next like three to five years kind of thing? Um, it, it's a three to five years thing. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm slowly studying script making. I'm uh, script writing. I'm studying editing. I've got some books. So I'm looking at it as an art form. The way that RZA um, learned from T- Quentin Tarantino for five years, you're just uh, like, I'm going to be your, your film student for five years yeah. before I dive in and make my own movie. So like I'm, I'm in that phase. I'm just studying the art form of cinema because a movie is 10,000 times bigger than a song. I've made hundreds of songs. I, ha- I have probably 13 or 14 albums, and I can make a song myself or I can make a song with one other person. But a movie, you, you, you kind of can't make a movie without a less than 40, 50, 100, 200 people. <laughs> Look at the credits of some Hollywood movies and they have 10,000 people in the credits. Yeah. And that's almost like, yeah, so it's like, I'm not going to, a movie is kind of like the biggest creative endeavor I think is possible on earth in that's a way. Exciting. So Yeah. So I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly studying it and slowly looking to how I can merge like, like uh, building a good dialogue and good script with good characters and tension and then bringing in more sexuality than a regular Hollywood movie. Mm. And being like, all right, this is like half porn, half really good, smart movie. Totally. That's so cool. I mean, I can't, I mean, we'll have to keep in touch for sure because I'd love to hear where your journey is going to take you because as you said, like, and as you mentioned earlier, your history is just so, so interesting so many different um forms of yourself every every decade or so right so <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, you're right i'm trying i mean i'm just i'm basically a very uh just a pure pure artist and i keep I can tell. exploring so yeah so cool. I, I, yeah i'm just having fun with it and um yeah the, the difficult thing is just finding people that are willing and faithful enough to believe the vision and and kind of contribute um, it's difficult to find people to shoot porn, um, mm. so uh, it's 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 challenging. It's challenging. So yeah. sex work is it's it's easier to get 
sex with customers because it's like a one and done thing. But right. That's interesting. Also, yeah. Also, just working with, 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 with women primarily is challenging because it's a controversial statement, but I, I think that there's a lot of statistics that reinforce what I'm going to say. But Okay. As evolved as we are as a society, and I, we are very much made many strides to equalize so many things in the world. Uh, I unfortunately, I not that many women still initiate sexual contact. Um, mm. I think um, more of them are kind of a little more receptive than. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, but then it is very. I know there are women that absolutely do. I'm not saying this is everybody at all, but just right. Yeah, yeah but just your own your own observation, your own personal experiences as well. Like that, yeah, that's not to be discounted. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and like and, you know, like looking at the like just the the clients of sex work, like the sex work market. I think it would be like seven to eight, maybe nine out of ten people are male bodied or male oriented who are actually like. I'm putting my money out. I'm looking for a, a, like a whether it's whether they want a man or a woman as they're like uh, it's just like I think most of the people initiating it are kind of mm. male. Yeah, I mean, I I I see I see and hear that as well. And I don't know if maybe men are just more forthcoming that way, or maybe there's just less shame, or that's something that's expected of them as masculine beings. Well, but, uh, yeah. All of that reinforces it. I'm not saying it's, like, I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying I, I, I wish it was, like, an equal playing field and everybody felt, like, equally. But it's all, I know, like, patriarchy and sexism and, and like, and misogyny. women, women's, like, all women people, women body, just get sex shamed way more than anybody else. So I oh, know yeah. these are factors. I really, I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not like I'm not unsensitive to that no no and I'm curious too now since you brought the topic up like who are your clients mainly and like why do they seek you out I'm almost curious to hear about women seeking male um like full service companions uh uh, you know to be honest I have to make a comment um the last kind of six clients I've had Fortunately and unfortunately, we're kind of people at the very, uh, at a very extreme point of pain and suffering in their sexual or romantic life Life. journey. Right, right. And and they're just like, yo, I'm kind of broken. I've been through a lot of shit and, Mm. and, and I've seen your stuff online and I trust it and I just need like a neutral person. Who I don't have any personal history with. Right. Who I'm kind of gambling on, but like I, I, I feel safe to gamble with you. And I just need you to hold me for an hour. I just need you to kiss me. I just need you to provide this this sexual service or whatever. And like it's been people who have really been through a lot of shit. Mm. And, Interesting. Uh, yeah, not not all of them. I'm just saying, like, I, I just noticed for like literally the last six of them have yeah. been kind of like yeah, like one was a was a divorce. One was somebody who had kind of been just not in a not in touched a for place. about two years. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. So wow. yeah. So yeah, and they're just like, I need, I need the basics, and I'm like, I I can do the basics, and then yeah. I provide it, and they're like, thank you. You know what? You're not the first person who's talked to me about this as well. Like I was, I was also speaking with another male provider as well, and they were seeing the same thing. It was um, 
there's like distinct differences between men and women and what they seek when they're looking for companions. So when this person's experience, Heels found that women were really trying to seek some kind of emotional connection, whereas with with men, a lot of it, uh, and this is not for every single scenario, but a lot of it is physical or purely physical. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, um, no no sentence can describe all of reality, and I no. believe, especially, especially in sex work, all of us know the nuances, and there's always an exception to the rule with, like, everything. Of course. <laughs> but, but, like, yeah, I totally agree, and I, I, can, I will also reinforce that to say, for the men that usually try to violate my boundaries and mm-hmm. um, ask for more, I, they're all asking for physical stuff. Because, like, my ads say women only, you know, women and trans only. Like, Mm -hmm. I have a variety of ads. And men will call and pretend to be women for a while. Oh, my gosh. And then the day will come, and they'll be like, oh, hey, actually, I'm a man. What? Um, Yeah, yeah, I've had that. Oh, gosh. Three three or four times this year, for sure. Oh, my goodness. uh, Yeah, and then I'm just like, "Uh, no, that's not what my ad said. And then they'll be like, well, I want a massage. And I'm like. Uh, I kind of do massage. I'll try to maybe hear them out a bit. And then they'll be like, okay, well, if I add $200, can I get a blowjob? And I'm oh like, no. Oh, my God, no. no. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit. What you should not no. do. Do not do, do this, that. clients listening. I, like, do you, can, you're not reading. You're not listening. You're not respecting. No. Hell no. Like, so, yeah, then that's, yeah, you're right. So. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean. That's part, yeah, that's part of my experience. But, yeah, I also, I, I honestly, Every, every single interview I do, I'm like, I know that I don't receive the brunt of the negative energy and words and actions against sex workers. Mm-hmm. I, I do receive some. I'm out here. But, like, as a male body person, as a man, I do have privilege where right. my social media is not, I, I'm not slut-shamed. My, my inbox isn't filled with fat, dumb bitch comments and all mm-hmm. that stupid shit. And I'm like, I, I empathize and I, I sincerely am out here fighting with all women, all sex workers. And I'm like, yo, you need somebody to just come and curse out somebody or, or just support you. I'm here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm that person. Like I just randomly, sometimes I'm online and just see conversations and whatever. I'm just like, I don't know who it is. I would just support the woman, support the sex worker, and support the sexual idea. Like, yes. Fuck the, fuck the shaming of this. Be like, okay, there's just something will happen. And you know, when that whole Cardi B thing came out, all those mm-hmm. people were like, oh, wet ass pussy. What am I like? No. Oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? I can name ten. Jay Z has so many songs talking about his dick and whatever, and nobody yep. had any problems about Jay Z talking about his dick. So. All so of you true. people shut up when Cardi B's talking about her wet ass pussy. Yeah. Everybody shut up. Hey, this is hip hop. Everybody can talk about whatever they want. Totally. And like, <laughs> there's only a fraction of the songs in hip hop history are talking about pussy or tits. Like, every now, most of them are talking about their dicks, and there's no, like, very little social outrage. So, yes. Oh my God. This hypocrisy. I'm like, I will every single day. I'm like, fuck all you stupid. <laughs> hypocritical hip-hop heads and like that's one of the main reasons i got out of hip-hop because i was so tired of the sexual hypocrisy yeah tons of double standards yeah like you guys want sexy women and as soon as a woman shows up sexy and she's like i want to be sexy on my own terms oh fuck that bitch or whatever like oh you guys are so fucking stupid and 
dehumanizing. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah, she yeah she's got a sexy body, but she's also got a brain in her head and a personality. So you you gotta like make room, make room, make room. You gotta navigate those things. She's a real three dimensional person. How about you fucking acknowledge that and like? Oh my gosh! Not not just try to fuck her and abandon her. You fucking sickos! No, I hear the passion coming through your voice. I I (laughs) I admire it. It's yeah, it's fiery. It comes through. It comes through. I mean, another thing I wanted to, I want to ask you earlier too, going on those negative experiences, not to bring it down, but I mean, we're already talking about oh, no, negative okay. experiences. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but it's mostly it's mostly fun. Sex is mostly fun, but that's any yes. job, you know. Yeah, mostly good. mostly good, mostly fun. But there's always going to be instances where like. It's shitty yeah. and it sucks. Yeah, a shitty customer. Yeah, I yeah. worked at McDonald's. There's shitty customers sometimes. So Absolutely. Yeah, your your question. Yeah, like I mean, you said like okay, there's sometimes there's men parading as women and they're not being sincere and impersonating in in that kind of sense. Do you ever have people that or folks that try to seek your services only because you're a black man? Yes. Yeah. Let's go here. Let's yeah. go here. We're yeah. going here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. It's wonderful and horrible at the same time. Not at the same time, but like in general. Okay. Um. There are. There are. It's a. It's not a clear line as far as actions, but it's kind of a clear line as far as um intentions. Mm. I don't know if that's that, that clear. What like what I'm essentially saying is. I can feel when somebody has dehumanized me or not okay. on account of my blackness. Wow. Like, I'm like, you can, you can talk about my, I'm like, hey, I have two Jamaican parents. I'm like, I'm an African bodied person. Sure. Mm-hmm. You can talk about that. I'm like, whatever. I have like, I have a eight and a half inch penis. So if you want to think that like black people are, if you want to reinforce that idea, I, I, I kind of reinforce that stereotype. Mm-hmm. But I also know black dudes with two-inch penises, too, and they're just as black as I am. So, yeah. like, it, like I, I can acknowledge people when they're like, hey, you know, you're black, I want to talk about black issues or whatever, or, like, I want to have an experience with a black man. I can be like, cool, I can do that. But if you reduce me to just my dick or just my skin, then I'm like, nah, you don't, you don't see the no. full me you're not you don't hear my mind you don't respect no. my you're just my, you're just a dick my soul and my intellect so like yeah you, you, fuck, you, you fucked it up you kind of you kind of you're like you're right to be attracted but mm-hmm. you're wrong to forget the other parts of me. yeah that you're a human being and not just a dick right yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah like that's it like i like white women but like I don't just chase white women for and just reduce them to that and just be like oh, another blonde off the uh, notch on the belt like no, no, no. <laughs> like I, I literally did like yo I I've, I've been with an Italian woman I've mm-hmm. been with a French woman I've been mm-hmm. with an Irish woman I've been with a man like I li- I, I, I I can culturally differentiate between human beings and I see them as three dimensional people. Right. Yeah, and that's and so like, important. And I'm, and I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, I've been with an indigenous woman. I've been with. The, I can, I'm like, I don't know everything about Asia, but I'm like, I, I've been with Japanese women and Chinese women and Filipino women and learned about the differences between those. Yeah. Like, 
huge no, differences. Like, I, like, I've been with all types of women. I love women across the planet. And yeah. I'm not, no I'm discrimination. Not, I, I, I'm sincerely not like searching for notches, but my heart is open to anybody. And in my life journey so far, I've been with pretty much every type of like women on the planet, like South Asian, Asian, yeah. Latin. So black, yeah. white. Yeah, it's really like, it's like almost like an energy thing, I feel like you can kind of feel, as you said, or you get like a hunch or something, or something goes up where you're like, hmm, this isn't going in like the right direction, right? Yeah, yeah, where it's like, they, it almost feels like they're toying with you, or they, they you're like a, this toy to them, and you don't feel like an equal human, and whenever I don't feel like an equal human, I just gently feel fade out of the fucking scene. I'm like, yeah. no, nah, nah. And especially if it's not even, if there's not any space to, that they're not even trying to listen or have any awareness about it. Yeah. To try to, to try to maybe have a difficult but necessary conversation and be like, yo, like, what, what, why are you treating me like I'm like some fucking... Object? Object on a stage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, yo. So, so yeah, like, I, I'm, it's hard, but it's, yeah, I've had experiences in both parts. For of, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I brought up energy because, like, I feel like, and like, th- when I speak with you, and like, when I've interacted with you on Twitter, and also just like, just looking at your website and stuff like that, I feel like you're so like rooted in that energy, in healing and love and all of that, and I feel like that's really like part of yourself, and it really comes through with, with your branding and stuff too. And I kind of want to go into, um, I guess, like looking at your website, connection, communication, creation, and that whole aspect in terms of services that you offer. I'm so thankful that you see that because it's challenging because it turns off some people. And honestly, I've met a variety of women who are like, I I, I met a, I shot a porn scene with somebody. We did a a blowjob scene and a pussy eating scene. And I learned them a little more, and they're like, "Yo, I don't like people who use the word love. Like, I've had a bad history with it. I don't trust people." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Yo, I, I was like, I, I respect where you're coming from. I anybody who's who can be honest about like, I've been through some fucked up shit. I had a like a shitty ex boyfriend, abusive, whatever, whatever, darker stuff. I I'm like, I acknowledge that, and I I wish you peace and healing. Like, mm-hmm. so I've got to deal with that." Uh, quite often because I'm poly and not only am I quite poly but I'm also professionally sexual so I have those relationships too and I'm yeah. I'm always I'm always meeting people who go through who are out in the trenches of, of love and sex and going like having some good stuff happen and having some horrible stuff happen so so yeah like it's uh, it's not it's not easy um <laughs> No, no. that's okay. <laughs> well, not even more so a question about like we're just gonna be talking about like connection, communication, creation. Oh, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I'm so sorry. Your website. Sorry. I like. I don't get to talk about this very much at all. So I, I just fell down like a, a rabbit hole. In my <laughs> that's but totally I, okay. Thank you so much. I thank you so much. Um, uh, I went with my mom when I was about 31 or 32. We went to Arizona once, mm-hmm. and just she was doing this metaphysical speakers conference, 
And she goes, yo, let's just go get our auras read just for fun. I oh, was like, cool. okay, why not? Well, I'm just on vacation with my mom in Arizona. Yeah. So I go to a, or, an aura reader, sit down. They take a picture of my aura, and I get the picture, and I have it. I still have it to this day. And, and the aura reader goes, there is so much red energy around it. Look at this picture. There's Most of his energy is covered in red, and the symbolism for red is love, love, love lessons, love mm-hmm. teacher, sexuality, healing, and this this dude was like, you're, that's your, that's part of your life purpose. That's your energy. That's what you radiate. That's who you are. That's what you're about. And wow. this was before I started doing sex work. I was like 31, 32. And I actually went back with my mom twice to the same, like a year later, got the same reading, same different person, same result. Like I have two pictures and the, the dominant energy is red and it, it has all this, uh, every color in the spectrum what it means and it's just like red is love like so i'm saying all that to say like this is just part of who i am as a sexual person as a regular being my mom saw that multiple times and like that like my mom my whole family knows about my sex work they all cool. know like they're like that's cool that's yeah. him that's he's always been like a loving gentle romantic kind of guy and an artist, so, That's so awesome. I, and I also I also started in my thirties, so my mom wasn't like, hey, you know, he's not like some young twenty one year old getting brainwashed by somebody, like, right, he's, yeah, he's like, so he's like, all he's right, an adult he's now, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what can I say? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. So, uh, yeah, that's it's just part of me. So whatever, even in hip hop, I people were like, "You're you're so loving with your hip hop," and like that's just who I am. So. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that that bit of you. Like, it's so nice to hear that part. It really does come through, like when I when I speak to you. So I just wanted you to know that. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate you for even. I, you know, honestly, sometimes I have to hold it back. I've had people that I. I've had people, it's not, it's, this isn't something I'm, there's no pride in it. This is just a statement of fact of my life. Mm-hmm. I've had multiple, I've had multiple people break up with me because I was just loving them. Here what? Had, I, <laughs> and it was, it was really, it broke my heart one time. I was with somebody for four months. Oh we had amazing God. sex. She was brilliant. She's a published author in Toronto. She's famous. She's out there. She's. I'm not going to say her name. I never do. But, like, yeah. she, we had a great relationship. And four months into it, she goes, I have to leave you. I, she goes, I don't know what to do with you. All we're, all we're having here is love and fun. And I come, I came from so many broken relationships. That's what I'm used to. You haven't hit me. You haven't screamed at me. I, I'm. She's like, I'm uncomfortable here. I'm leaving. And just left me and dumped me. Just what? I'm not like this is I'm not like bragging about it I like broke my heart I'm like but this is a fact of my life that's so awful I'm so sorry pardon me I'm so sorry to hear that uh yeah you know it it took a while to like I'm not saying get over I'm like but I'm just like yeah I healed from that but like yeah like it's some people are just not ready for just pure no games, no tricks, no lies, just love and passion and truth. Totally. That's not an experience so. for some people and sometimes it's hard for them to fathom, which also brings me to another service you offer is uh, love coaching and advanced relationship therapy. So do you want to speak a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. It's 
Yeah, it's been fun. Um, I've been writing for a website called Polyamory Today for about eight years, mm-hmm. and I yeah, I, I I just write about my experiences. I've, I'm quite active with multiple people and multiple scenes professionally and privately. Um, I do. I've got a lot of books. I've met some authors. I'm I'm just constantly in like studying modern relationships and, and even uh, like different cultures across history and time. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm like, there's no, there's no professional. Like, I'm like, this is love <laughs> human relationships. I'm like, I don't care. You're gonna deal with some fucked up shit. You're gonna, have, you're gonna get your heart broken. You're, someone's gonna cheat. Doesn't matter what. Like, someone's fucking up. We're humans. Like, yeah. Somebody can be doing this for fifty years and they're like whether you're dr ruth or whatever like it doesn't matter it's just like ups and downs every weekend is another episode in the the saga of love so saga of love yes it does i mean as you said ups and downs there's so many so many different chapters as well when it comes yeah, to I, use that, I, I use that all the time. I, I'm so with you. And I, I'm going to say this one thing. I'm going to say this one thing because it was like something I've dealt with so deeply. I I love this person. If they hear this, you know I love you, but I'm just saying it because it was just a true statement that was said once. I was struggling with this person through some relationship issues, and um, I was just like, Yo, we're not even on the same page anymore. We're not even in the same book. We're not even in the same library. <laughs> I'm like, we are so philosophically apart that. in our hearts that we are di- we're like, we're not even in the same library. <laughs> I'm stealing <laughs> that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this chapter has to end. This book is done. <laughs> like, no more commas. It's a period. Exclamation mark. It's out. I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like, I'm, I, and that's the thing. Like, I'm just out here. I do some. Very few people take up, take me up on it. But I've had a couple. I've had a couple. I haven't had a few. It's mostly single, uh, divorced wives who've come to see me. Right. And it's mostly more physical stuff. Mm-hmm. I've had. I've had a cu- uh, a married couple come to see me for some verbal and sexual. Um, connection and they wanted verbal assistance and then they asked for a threesome as well which was a really oh. wild and weird experience that started off great and then turned oh very, no very... yeah yeah uh. it, was, it, it was it was wild it involved <laughs> no, 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 I, I will, I'm gonna stop there <laughs> darn say, say, that, say, that, say that for the book but, yeah but yeah, but, but yeah but there's also some there's been some young men who actually seek me out to learn about intimacy and porn and and how to and have asked like kind of been asking me about sex ed mm. and it's been cool so that happens that's super cool well again like your experience is super diverse it's been so lovely hearing to hear about everything that you do and your perspective yeah. so like thank you so much for sharing yeah, no problem. This is just the, the tip of the iceberg of Malcolm Love Joy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, there yeah. there's just a few questions that came in from the audience um, that we could quickly go over, and then we can go over, um, yeah, whatever these yeah, people yeah, are yeah. asking. So, first question yeah. is, um, what stereotypes are you tired of hearing when it comes to black men? Uh, well, I don't 
think in my lifetime I'm going to see the end of these stereotypes. But yeah. It would be, yeah, like, uh, that's a good question to ask anyways. Mm-hmm. And it would be nice... Uh, it would be nice for black men to not be reduced to just fuck machines that yeah. are that are just bulls with no intellect mm-hmm. and no no romantic side and no sensitive side. I'm sick of that. Yeah. Uh, totally. I'm sick of. I'm sick of. Ex- I'm ex- I'm sick of expecting to like fight, have these. Like massive dicks and massive cum shots and like massive muscles and all that shit. Like mm-hmm. that's just tired. Like it's those people are great and like those black men exist and they're beautiful. But that like all black men don't have to fit into that one shoe size. And, right. And it's just it's ridiculous that all like men and women are kind of like it's size is not everything bigger no. is not better no bigger is not better it really isn't like it's it's really about fit it's about chemistry it's about yeah. connection it's about like, connection absolutely yeah it's, like, yeah it's it's really about the right things just finding the right harmony together so so yeah i mean there's uh there's many there's many uh, out there i know uh, um yeah just but i also want uh black men to have more of um a director's like well the other thing i will say is not enough black men and black people in kink and in, in bdsm mm-hmm. there's and that's yeah, a good point that, that black yeah that's a like both people reinforce not both like not just black and white culture but like many cultures reinforce that ignorance that mm-hmm. kink is only for white people and it's weird yeah. deviant shit that only white people do and black people are not supposed to do kink and like i right. hate that idea that's so, so. i like so wrong it's so wrong it's so absolutely wrong the first time i got tied up at one it was by a wonderful black woman who tied me up literally as maybe as pivotal as the moment that i rolled on my first condom and actually inserted it in an actual welcoming vagina wow (laughs) when i got tied up i thought that i was being held by a mother oh that's the first thought that came to my brain. I, I was, I was in a room, but I was like, this is maternal. This is, wow. I'm like, this feels like home. I feel like I'm being embraced by that. Was the I'm like, oh, this is so warm and lovely. Wow. <laughs> like, that's so interesting. I've never heard of that perspective before. Yeah. That's so how, that cool. was my experience. I, and I have pictures of it. It's so great. I have pictures of the first time I got tied up in rope. I, like, I, it, it was so I'll never forget it very pivotal I remember the first time I got flogged I remember like I mm-hmm. remember the room the person who did it it was so wonderful and a warm loving experience for me I love I love kink I love BDSM and I'm a black person and like we exist yeah and you're allowed to want to be part of that community too right yeah no doubt yes uh-huh. yeah so Amazing. that's another thing cool um, second question here is, do you think there are any advantages for being a male sex worker over being a female or non-binary sex worker? Yeah, I, I touched on it a bit. One of the main advantages is just not getting a lot of the day-to-day mentally, physically, spiritually exhausting text messages and yep. social media, all that fuck. I see it all the time. I see people like, yo, I can't, I had to fucking delete this account. I have stalkers. I have 
not not I have stalkers. I'm just saying I see women who have stalkers and all of that bullshit energy. Mm-hmm. Just gover- governments fucking trying to decide what you can do with your body. The bullshit in Texas right now, like abortion bullshit. All is like oh my gosh, uh, it, like it's just awful, insane. Yeah, in, 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 inhuman, fucking uncivilized savagery. And I'm like, totally. uh, if I was a woman, I I. I honestly say, I don't say it too much because it's like, <laughs> but, but I'm honestly like, women, I don't know how you don't have shooting rampages all the time. I would just go, and I'd be like, I get it, girl, go shoot them up. Go, yeah. I get it. Like, Seriously. you have every, like, y'all, this is too far, and y'all have every right to snap. This is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, like, that's like another topic to you with the whole Texas abortions and everything. It's just fucking awful. I cannot believe that. It's like, even yeah, past. Like, 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 this is 2021 or, or like 1900. Yeah, like what's going like, on here? What is going on? Ridiculous madness. And like, yeah, like, I, I as being part of a journal, like being a journalist, I'm paying attention to the media. So I constantly see, I see like sexual imbalance all the time and mm-hmm. I just don't receive it as a man mostly I'm like mostly invisible yeah I, like, to that nobody stuff. shames me no one I'm just not on anyone's radar no I'm just try. I'm just trying to be seen and be like yo women like I'm real and I'm available and I like I valid I do this work mm-hmm. and sex work isn't a thing that only women can do like right it's so so yeah um Great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, there's, that's like the biggest one. There's, there's yeah. a few other benefits, but. Of course. Meh. Meh. You, you, yeah. you're aware of your male, pri- <laughs> you're aware yeah, of your exactly. male privilege. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, we don't need yeah. to list them off. We're aware. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like, okay. Yeah. Just one more question here before I let you go. So it's, um, what are some hindrances you experience as a male full service companion that the public doesn't hear very often? Oh yeah. Yeah, good question. Thank you, audience. Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good one. Thanks. Whoever <laughs> cares about me like that? Uh, <laughs> yes, performance. Let's talk about performance because whether you know, uh, just being a male sex worker or and or a black male sex worker, they're just like, oh well, you know, like you just you can just fuck whenever you want to fuck and whatever. And it's like I'm not some like robot with a dick no and i'm and i don't live on viagra and and like sometimes i don't get erect when because i don't feel like the the passion that i have when i speak is is uh mm. kind of reminiscent of the passion that i have when i fuck but it's also like a fraction <laughs> like yeah i i i give i give i give i give i'm a lover that loves to give i'm i'm so when I don't feel that in return, I sometimes my body cannot respond or does not respond. Mm. And like, I, I, I don't have you heard of it? I, some people have heard this. I'll just throw it out there because I, I like wordplay. But yeah, you know, some people are like, I, I get a hard on, but as some other lovers and some of us passionate professionals be like, I need to get a heart on where it's oh. like. Oh. Yeah, it's. it's I love silly, that. It's, it's yeah, cute. It's also it's, yeah, it's also like you know, <laughs> like, it's kind of corny, but it's like no, it's, but it's also real. If you live that deeply, it's like yeah. no, 
I would love my heart and my dick to be connected when I'm fucking. Like, For sure. I, that would be great. Like, you don't understand how much deeper the sex can be and how much more I might be able to fuck if I actually, like, don't treat this as just some race to orgasm. Like, I'm yeah. not just a robot here being like, oh, I'm going to fuck you in three or four positions and slap your ass and, like, me, I come and then I'm gone. This is not my idea of sex. No. I'm a man being like, yo, I could kiss you for 30 minutes. I want to like, I want to kiss your whole body. I want to like, we can cuddle. We can yeah, take some stuff. time with it. <laughs> no, I, I, I love eating pussy. I, I want to set world records for eating pussy. I, like, <laughs> I'm so... You don't even know me if you think that I'm just some dude that just wants to come and go. <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's... Um, so, trying to teach my own specific identity and just try to be seen out here is hard because I know some people might see my website or see what I do and be like ah this guy is this is like this guy can't be real I'm like mm. oh, well like you I, I wish you didn't misjudge but yeah you know it's um yeah uh it, it's it's wonderful but yeah I feel also, like like there's a lot of misjudgment I feel like in general with male male companions they like people just don't think it's a legitimate job either they just think guys just want right. to fuck. You're right. You're right. And I, I do got to throw this out there because I only learned it about like less than a year ago. And I've been doing this for nine years. Mm-hmm. I found out from, from some women who are like other other uh, female providers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, they're like, yo, there's a lot of creepy dudes out here. And there's a lot of guys who um, use like Trist or whatever, like bootleg back page uh, websites that there are. And they're like, yo, there's some horrible male providers out here who just, like, are, like, ruining the industry. Oh, my God. Like, really? Yeah. Some, like, yo, for real, like, some guys are super creeps, and they don't have care about standards, and they're just, like, out here trying to get paid to fuck. Whoa. And, and, like, I don't get to talk to too many guys, and I don't work with too many guys. So, no. Like, you know, it's a very isolating, like, being a male provider who's, mm-hmm. like, not doesn't work with other like, gay men so yeah so i i only recently learned that there's a bunch of shitty dudes out there i like, didn't know about of, that either my market fuck and that's awful i was like wow there's a lot of twisted people out there i know it's been a lot <laughs> no that's okay we've had some great stuff on this episode and like i don't want to let you go but it's time to let you go but before i do that where can yeah. we find you <laughs> <laughs> you can find me, you can Google me, Malcolm Lovejoy. You can find me on OnlyFans slash Malcolm Lovejoy. Um, um, Mind Brainer uh, Supreme. That's what I found on the web. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Siri? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Mind Bender Supreme on Bandcamp as well. <laughs> um, uh, Mind Bender Supreme at Gmail. I, I'm... Uh, my my web marketing isn't top notch because I'm always kind of reinventing myself and trying to figure out what to do. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of easy to find if you really want to find me. And cool. Malcolm Lovejoy, my man is supreme. I'm also I'm mostly on Twitter on uh, my Mal- Malcolm Lovejoy page on Twitter. Yeah. And I have to be a proper businessman and promote my website 
spit.exposed. I have an independent website. I'm looking for porn stars all the time. Cool. Across the world, Toronto, anywhere. If you want to make love on camera, let's do it. Thank you very much. You're so, so welcome. Thank you so much, Malcolm. It's a pleasure having you on. And don't forget, new episodes every single Sunday. It's Strip by Sia on Twitter, Strip by Sia on Instagram, and my personal Sia Steph on Instagram. And we'll catch everyone in for another episode next week. Thanks, Malcolm. Bye. You're listening to Strip by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, artwork by Maria Bellandorama, music by Ted D, and photography by Ian Davern.